1: This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.
0: Hello, sports fans, and welcome to part three of my childhood memories of both playing and watching sports. This is Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. My interest in watching baseball, and in particular, watching the New York Yankees, peaked as the result of not only baseball cards, but bowling. Former Yankee players Yogi Berra and Phil Rizzuto owned a bowling alley that was only a mile and a half from my house. My friends and I would hop on our bikes, and sometimes we would walk there. We didn't have much money for bowling, but we could usually scrounge enough change to bowl at least one game at the entrance there were two large glass cases one on each side filled with equipment from their playing days bats balls mitts trophies and spikes we never got tired of looking at that stuff every time you went there it was like we had never seen it before Our junior high school football field was right next to a pond. The pond would spill over onto the football field whenever we had heavy rain. It was quite a sight since we used that field for our home games and practices. Before the season was half over, there wasn't a blade of grass left on that field. All that was left was thick black mud. Our coaches affectionately called us the Mud Rats. We prided ourselves on playing well despite the adverse conditions. We sensed our opponents were intimidated as soon as they stepped off the bus and looked at our field. Talk about home field advantage. Our mothers hated that football field because we would have to bring our mud cake uniforms home every day after practice to wash them. My mother wouldn't even let me bring my uniform into the house until I had thoroughly hosed it down first. When I was growing up, my favorite players were on defense, and when playing, I always wanted to be on the defensive side of the ball. We didn't get flagged back then unless it was a blatant cheap shot. From my own experiences playing youth and high school football in the 1970s, I can tell you that no one ever worried about the possible long-term effects of concussions or injuries. I understand there's a big difference between high school football and the NFL. Still, anyone who played football on any level during the 1970s or before knows what I'm talking about. Most of us who played football in the 1970s suffered our share of minor concussions, but no one knew at the time that head trauma was a serious matter. We'd laugh it off and say he just got his bell rung. He'll be fine. Thankfully, we know a lot more about the seriousness of concussions today. You just kept playing unless you had a severe concussion and you couldn't tell how many fingers the team trainer was holding up that buzzing noise between your ears and the ache in your head would subside, and you never thought more about it, and no one knew any better. Another thing that coaches didn't know back then was how important it is to stay hydrated. They would tell us not to drink too much water because we would get stomach cramps if we did. That was the belief at the time, and it sounded logical to us. We didn't know any better. Interestingly, so many parents complain about their boys spending too much time playing video games. Yet the parents are usually the ones responsible for that kind of behavior. They don't want them playing football, hockey, dodgeball, or anything else that might have some risk of injury. I'm not saying we shouldn't take the necessary safety precautions, but you must let boys be boys. That's what my mother did. I injured my knee playing football when I was 13 years old. I spent over a week in the hospital in traction. Once it was time for me to leave the hospital, the doctor put me in a full leg cast and sent me home. He believed I was young and healthy enough to recover fully without the need for surgery. Thankfully he was right. I recovered. I wanted to try out for my junior high school football team a year later, I knew my mother was afraid I might re-injure my knee, and I thought she might try to talk me out of it or just flat out refuse to sign the parental consent form. But she knew how much football meant to me, and how much I loved playing the game. She knew it would break my heart to take away such a big part of my life. So with tears in her eyes, she signed the consent form. I had a successful season and won a trophy for the best defensive player the following year. Some of my happiest memories in life are playing football. Signing that consent form was difficult for my mother, but it was the best thing she could have done for me. Well, I hope you enjoyed my childhood memories and tune in again next week when we will have another podcast.